I'm going to tell you the story of a giant asshole who terrorized the small rural town of Skidmore, Missouri for decades. And what happened when that town got fed the fuck up? Good. Are you familiar with this? Does this sound familiar to you? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, okay. But I'll tell you why I'm smiling at the end. Okay, great. <laughs> you always have, like, a. there's always something. You get the sly smile at the beginning of all of these, and it always comes around to something. So 40 years ago, Ken McElroy was gunned down in broad daylight with over 40 witnesses in his immediate surroundings. And Mark, no one saw a thing. Fuck. You see, Ken was a bully. Uh. And not just the kind that shoves your head in a toilet or pulls your underwear between your ass crack. We're talking a gun-toting, statutory Uh. raping, Uh. arson-committing, witness-intimidating, dog-killing kind of bully. Son of a bitch. In my head, he's like uh, uh, Wild West Buford Tannen from Back to the Future 3. That's who I'm thinking of. I feel like that's generally like the picture that I had in my head this whole time as well. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, and and the legal system just kept letting him get away with all of this. So throughout his life, Ken was known for all kinds of wrongdoing. He would steal everything from livestock to antiques. Mm. Uh, He was charged with theft a solid 21 times, but walked away from conviction every single time without fail. 21 times? He was 21 times times that's a lot of times for nothing Mm. to ever stick yeah it is and we'll see why that happens honestly uh he was somehow despite not being particularly attractive and also being seemingly terrible to every single person who encountered him a known womanizer who fathered at least 10 kids and maybe up to 15 kids with a variety of women most notable among these baby mamas was a 14-year-old girl named Trina, oh. whom he'd started having sex with when she was 12. What was this guy called? And, Ken. Uh, Ken. Ken McElroy. He sounds like a and she, fucking wanker. Yeah. Oh, he's terrible on every possible level. Uh, she, Trina and her family had attempted to bring rape charges against Ken. Mm. And Ken was married at the time this was happening, which doesn't matter like on a adultery level like that's not the issue here the it Mm. comes back around that this is central to this story faced with the charge of rape he went to trina's family's house and insisted that she marry him despite the fact that he is married at the time uh because it would make their sexual relationship legal when naturally her parents refused he killed their family dog and burned their house down. How far back are we talking here, Ken's reign of terror? This is the 80s, or the what? 70s and 80s. Yeah, he was killed in 1981, so we're mostly talking the 70s here. Hmm. So, naturally, her family was scared for their lives, and they relented, and Ken divorced his wife, Alice, and married Trina. And from everything I can tell, they all lived in the same house together. He just sort of moved in his pregnant new wife with his old wife. I hate that I shared the planet with Ken, that our lives overlapped. Yeah, intersected you know I mean? at some point. Yeah, overlapped with one another. Yeah. Thankfully, mine did not. But yeah, I... Ugh, gross. His breath particles... Exactly, exactly. ...were somewhere in you. Uh, yeah. After Trina gave birth to their child, she and Alice, the divorced wife, 
fled together to Trina's parents' house. Good. But once Ken figured out where they were, once again, he went to the house while they were away, killed their new family dog, and burned their new house down. Fucking hell, Ken. Yeah, that's right. He did that shit twice. Just awful. So he was arrested, and Trina and her baby were placed in a foster home. But for whatever reason, after killing two dogs and burning down two houses Mm. to avoid statutory rape charges, Ken was released on $2,500 bail, and he would sit outside the foster home where Trina lived just watching, which was a thing he was known for when someone crossed him, just sitting outside their house and watching. Mm Mm-hmm. He even tried to bribe the family into a trade for their own biological daughter, who I guess was in foster care elsewhere. I mean, maybe they adopt. I don't know how this happened. I don't know why people who had their child taken away were fostering another kid. And the reasons didn't come up in anything I read. But one way or another, Trina and Ken ended up back together with her living as his wife. I hate this guy. Yeah, he is a like world class piece of shit. I hate this guy. And he continues on. I don't want to say it gets worse because it's hard to get much worse than yeah. the whole yeah. rape thing. Uh, but he does more. In 1976, Ken was out on the property of a man named Romaine Henry mm. shooting his gun. And Henry took issue with this. So he pulled up next to Ken in his truck and told him to knock it the fuck off. Yeah. In response, Ken turned his gun on Romaine and shot him in the stomach. This poor guy offers a very harrowing description of this, by the way, in a 60 Minutes interview that you can find in our blog. I linked to it there. And the dude was clearly traumatized by this. Um, And to make matters worse, when the incident went to trial, somehow, two people testified that Ken had been elsewhere at the time of the shooting. Friends of Ken? How does Ken have friends? He doesn't have friends. He has people he intimidates into doing shit for him. So he's basically just got control of everyone by being scary and having no boundaries and being willing to, at the drop of a hat, like shoot a guy in the gut. Shoot a dog. Shoot two dogs. Right. Burn down a bunch of houses. Multiple. 21 times he was taken. Right. Like he's learned over the course of his life Mm. that there's no such thing as repercussions for anything that he does. He's untouchable. He's so, Ken. What's his name again? Ken. McElroy. Fucking Ken McElroy. I hate him. Hate him. Hate him. So Ken's douchebag lawyer mm. brought up that Henry, the man he'd shot, what kind of a had a crim- fucking fuckhead do you have to be to defend a guy like Ken fucking McLemore? <sighs> and and this guy is terrible too. Like on a surface level, I get that every person is entitled. To representation and you know they're people who have to defend the worst of the worst and you know that's their job but this guy didn't just like do it out of duty he persisted in like he looked at ken as like his best client he's like he's great he pays in cash like he's here all the time it's yeah so just giant piece of shit also you can see him in that 60 minutes uh piece as well um, so his lawyer brought up that Romaine Henry, the man he had shot, had a criminal conviction from 30 years ago that he had failed to reveal to the court. And therefore, this whole thing was a sham. You couldn't trust the guy. He must have, like, shot himself in the belly. I don't know. Oh, my I don't know God. Why. Where is the justice here? 
yeah, it's ridiculousness. And of course, Ken got away with it completely yeah. scot free. Uh, so I bet he, Ken's he whistled lawyer... as he left the courthouse. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Like that's the thing. You know, he was smug as fuck yeah. about all of this, right? Like that. He already planning his next act of fucking this. dickery. One hundred percent. So in that 60 Minutes episode, another guy from town said that Ken straight up told him he'd shot Romaine Henry. Like, you know, it was just like, yeah, I did that. Kind of bragged about it, all that stuff. And when asked why he didn't come forward, this guy was like, why? You saw how the people who try to come against him get made a fool of. Like, it would have been absolutely useless for me to go over there and try to do anything about that. So Ken was so good at intimidating witnesses, he bullied the town police marshal into quitting his job. God. When So Ken went to this guy and asked if he was going to go to court and share what he knew about the case. Mm. And the guy was like, yeah, I'm the police marshal. It's my duty to do that. And Ken then threatened him with a gun. And when the marshal tried to call for backup, no one was willing to face Ken and help him. He quit the next day and became a cable guy. Ah, in shame, in yeah. absolute, with a cloud over him, with 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 a, a, a yeah. mark on his name, his family's name. He's the guy who quit because <laughs> Ken fucking told him to. Ken uh. intimidated him. But it was like, what's he going to do? This guy is waving a gun at me and I'm calling back up and everyone's like, you're on your fucking own, dude. Mm. Like, yeah, okay, I'm going to go install cable for the rest of my life. He was young too, like he's in that 60 Minutes thing and... I would say he looks like he's maybe 28. Did Ken get his own episode of 60 Minutes then? It's like a segment of 60 Minutes, yes. Okay. It was like a 14-minute segment you can watch about this. So in 1980, Trina told Ken that their four-year-old daughter had been accused of shoplifting from the local grocery store, which is owned by a 70-year-old man by the name of Ernest Bowenkamp. Okay. Ken went down to the grocery store and reasonably talked it out with Mr. Bowen Camp and then sat down to teach his daughter an important lesson about honesty and integrity. Yeah. JK. He walked into that store <laughs> and he shot Ernest Bowen Camp for having the audacity. Thankfully, Bowen Camp had the presence of mind to turn his head when uh, he came for him and he was shot in the neck. <sighs> he blacked out, but he survived. By the way, one source says that this was apparently months after the actual dispute about the shoplifting, and he just couldn't let it go. Yeah. So Ken's arrested and charged at first with attempted murder, which they realize is not going to stick, so they try to uh, pin, like, assault on him. Uh, But he's released on bail to continue his reign of terror. Yeah. He took a gun with a bayonet attachment to the local bar... Yeah, and <laughs> wow, waved woo. it around while uh. telling everyone, like, oh, when I see Ernest Bowen camp, I got this thing for him. Like, just plain sight <laughs> of everyone. With a fucking bayonet. Wow. With a bayonet. Oldie, like, oldie timey weapons. I like those. Yeah, right? It's just absolutely absurd. And the people of Skidmore had had more than enough mm. at this point. Uh, worried for Bowen Camp's safety and for everyone else's. I guess. Since no one seemed to be able to protect them. Old man Bowen Camp. Uh, having run the store for as long as he did, would have been quite a beloved pillar of the community. Right, and this is a small town we're talking about here, which is part of why this could happen there. Yeah. You know, this is like a tiny little rural town. The actual, like, police station is like 13 miles away even from the town. Um, It's just all people who kind of know each other and a part of a community. So, yeah, Mr. Mr. Bowen Camp is definitely a pillar. 
so on July 10th, 1981, the townspeople met together with the sheriff to figure out what they could do. And the sheriff was like, listen, don't like directly confront him. Let's form a neighborhood watch. Yeah. Okay. And they're like, yeah, all right. But during that meeting, it came through the grapevine that Ken and Trina had just pulled up at the tavern mm. for morning drinks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I read. I was reading through Ken's several okay. articles about this. It wasn't until like the third one that it dawned on me that I was like, "Did I read the phrase morning drinks?" <laughs> um, of course. Uh, and the townsfolk hit the road with a quickness, and pretty soon they had filled the bar surrounding Ken. He finished his drinks, he purchased a six-pack for the road, and he got back into his truck with Trina, which, like, I mean, of course, he's also a drunk driver on Obviously. top of the ball. <laughs> Why wouldn't he be, yep. right? As the crowd assembled outside, two shots rang out and blasted through the driver's side window of Ken's car. Good. Killing him. Good. The bullets came from two different weapons. Oh. Yeah. All told, some 46 people were there when it happened. <laughs> Not one called the ambulance or the police yeah. or even went and, like, turned off his truck. Good. And with no witnesses willing to name names aside from Trina, the DA had no choice but to drop the case. And to this day, Ken McElroy's killing goes unsolved. Mm. Trina filed a $5 million wrongful death suit against the city, but was only awarded $17,600, which is frankly criminal because yep. they should have given that poor girl absolutely anything yeah, she wanted sure, after sure, a sure. decade with that miserable Surviving Ken. Yeah, like, I mean, she kind of defended him after he died and everything, but I think it was probably for legal reasons, mm. you know? I think she was probably like, you know, if it's his own fault or whatever, they're not going to pay me out for this and whatever. She did get married moved elsewhere um, and unfortunately died on her 55th birthday of cancer. Hmm. Uh, but regarding Ken, as one townsperson poetically put it, he simply needed a killing. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed that a great deal. <laughs> it's... <laughs> yeah, it's a, a, a terrible story, but man, the comeuppance. Just mm. everyone banding together. Yep. And it's great, too. In that 60 Minutes documentary, you see, like, there's, like, five people who, they weren't there when he was killed, including Bowen Camp and, like, the town's pastor and stuff like that, who were sitting around a table. All these, like, very nice, sweet-looking southern people. And uh, the interviewer is like, you know, if you knew with 100% certainty, like, who did this, would you tell? And they're all like... No. Did what? <laughs> and then, like, he, oh, man, it's so, it's so good. Like, good. just all of them are just like, like, at one point he asks, how could there have been 46 people and no one saw? And this, like, old lady is like, uh, everybody was probably ducking for cover. Everybody, everybody <laughs> happened to blink at the same time. That's what happened. Right. There was a freak. It's just so full of shit in a great way. Blinking episode. Um, it does surprise me a great deal to hear that that was as recent an uh, an episode mm -hmm. as it was. Yeah, 1981. Yeah, because, you know, as you were telling that, that, that feels like some Old West type shit. It feels, yeah. you know, like some frontier exactly. town. Well, fucking Ken came around and shot my dog. But this was... yeah. Recent, recent this times. This is, yeah, exactly. It's recent enough times that the, sh the uh, marshal became a cable guy. Mm, cable existed yes, yes, at yes. the point that this happened. Uh, yeah, it definitely sounds, it's very frontier justice-y. 
Uh, except I imagine on the frontier, you know, in a Western situation, he wouldn't have been able to get away with that much before someone would have mm. offed him. You know, this is the fact that people were relying on laws and they were relying on the courts and the police and whatnot to protect them. Mm. And it just kept failing them every step of the way. I don't think I've ever come across anyone. I'm, and I'm giving it some real thought. I don't think I've ever come across <laughs> anyone in my life that was just such a shithead they needed killing. <laughs> yeah right like i mean there's plenty of people that i'm like i would be happy to give them a good punch in the face but certainly plenty of people need a you know a kick in the eye yeah <laughs> but i can't think of anyone who i would turn a blind eye to their murder right yeah it's very difficult to mm. to consider i mean maybe on like a global scale like you could do that to Duterte or whatever the guy's name is from the Philippines, you know, the president or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and yeah, I'd be yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Like yeah. a like a major figure like that. But yeah, just for someone Donald Trump. in your town. Right. Yeah. I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'm not telling. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, for someone just on an interpersonal level mm. to be mm. such garbage that you're everyone mm. agrees in a church going southern town. Oof, you, roll, you really fucked up, dude. Love it. Nice, Corrigan. Thank you. Now, what does this remind you of? Because you had a sly smile at the beginning of this episode. Oh, <laughs> it's so juvenile. And I even regret oh bringing it up now because it's super juvenile. Um, <laughs> what was the name of the town? Um, Skidmore? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's literally it. And, <laughs> And you started. You started the story by going giant asshole with him being an asshole. Skid more, and that crazy goes. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Ah, fuck. Let me quote directly from my notes, if I may. Yes, please do. Fucking look at these nerds. Oh, mise en scène. Anyone has ever said me on set in such a horny way before? The way I whispered the word sex cannibal recently. Worst comes to worst, Mark. I'm willing to guillotine you for science. Thank you. That's really, really sweet. It's cold so... outside, but my pancreas is talking to me. I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm gonna leg it. You know how I feel about that, Mark. I think you feel great about it. Back yeah. <laughs> And we're in. We're back. Hello. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen, uh, faithful listeners, I've, I i don't know if it's possible to catch a syndrome by uh, internet wave mm. osmosis, but I've got what Corey has had over the past few weeks, and son of a bitch, I have not gotten to sleep over the past few nights. Um, yeah, it's not great. Mass psychogenic illness, Mark. That's exactly what it is. I've caught a psychogenic illness. You caught it through the interwebs. From you, uh... But, you know, I have to Sorry. ask, would I have caught, did, did, did Jack of all graves make me sick or am I sick because of Jack of all graves? You know, it's, it's like, is that not the same thing? Did I get the illness? I don't think that you inverted that the way that you think you You see what, I, what I'm trying to say? <laughs> no, this is a, you know? this is a man who hasn't slept in two days no, insight really right here. I don't think this actually Ooh. makes sense. Uh <laughs> Not to want to incriminate, uh, I don't know if anyone does from, from my work does listen to me, so I'm not, I'm not going to incriminate myself, but I've been having kind of micro-sleeps, which was the only thing mm. that the Nightmare on Elm Street remake got right, was the concept of micro-sleeps, that when you're so fucking goddamn <laughs> tired, 
you don't know if you know you could you could just have a micro sleep at any minute which would last maybe 10 15 seconds bang and all of a sudden you're back you don't know when it's going to happen. Yep. Uh, that's happened to me a few times today. But anyway, welcome, everyone. Hey. Welcome, Jack of all graves. Welcome to Jack of all graves. Seriously, is this a... Did you always do this? Did you always sing things? I think I sentence? did. Um, and I don't know why you've only noticed it recently, because it's something I've always done. Well, it hasn't been in our episodes till recently. That's why. Maybe it's another thing I've caught from you. <laughs> That was my, that was what I wondered. I was like, did you start singing things because I always do it in the middle of a sentence? So but far. Maybe you always did it and you just, maybe you just held back from doing it on Jack of All Graves until you felt fully comfortable with our yeah. audience. It seems like a one-way street so far. I'm only catching personality traits from you via psychogenic internet osmosis. I don't think that's osmosis. true, but <laughs> maybe that is true. Oh, I am a very powerful sorceress. You are. You're pumping out those psychogenic internet waves. I believe that you're you feel highly, highly contagious. It's a I am extremely contagious. Jack of all graves. It's a people say that all the time. Psychogenic pandemic. <laughs> oh man, what are what's happening to our listeners? Who knows what ways I've molded their minds? Oh fuck! Hey, hey, there's a concept there. That's an episode of Twilight Zone. What? Or Outer Limits. Uh, it's a it's right. So there's a podcast, right? Um, and the the listeners of the podcast uh, pick up the unpleasant personality traits of the hosts. Is that a thing? I don't know. I don't know, Get, but I, I feel good about somebody it. I called, think that's a great idea. I don't know, Jordan Peele, he'd, he'd, he'd do it. Yeah, <laughs> see what we can do with that. Um, but yes, this week uh, we are, we're recording a little early because, yes, uh, Mark, you are once again being super British and having time off. I've explained myself already, right? It's stuff that was postponed <laughs> because of the coronavirus, and it's all. I'm not asking you to defend yourself. It, I I'm feel attacked. Stating. Oh, <laughs> you just have more vacation than an American right. does. So, That's look, all. Uh, it's quite depressing. I mean, as we speak right now, at time of recording, I'm meant to be in Sri Lanka, looking at giraffes mm. and, and elephants and whatnot. Um, oh, I love a giraffe. Oh, I love a giraffe. I'm. I. I Where. Go on. Where geographically is Sri Lanka? Uh, just off the coast of, I want to say, India or Pakistan. Just... That was what I was going to guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I don't know what I'm basing that off of. <laughs> Are giraffes native uh, to there? Sri Lanka is just off the, uh, just Bay of Bengal. Are giraffes Bay- Bay- native to Sri Lanka? Bear with me a second. I love giraffes, right? Because I like to <laughs> think too. about. Imagine being the first guy to see a giraffe. Fucking mad. You'd be like, fucking what? what? Try and explain that to your friends. You'd Nobody bring that would drawing you. back home and everyone would be like, yeah. okay. Hey, you, did you, though? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, as yet unclear whether giraffes are in Sri Lanka. Okay. You just assumed there would be giraffes. I did, yeah. <laughs> 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 like I feel seems like, fair. like they're just in Africa, but I don't know. How would they, isn't Sri Lanka an island? Why do I think I know anything about Sri Lanka? I don't know. But I don't know how a giraffe would get there. Well, they've got long necks. They can wade through water, can't they? Obviously. <laughs> they just yeah. walk Duh. their little heads above just the like water. like a periscope. Um, <laughs> dolphins, so sea image. turtles, uh, excellent bird life. 
like a bird. Uh, it doesn't look like I was going to see a giraffe in Sri Lanka anyway, so... Well, I'm glad that we cracked that. That's one thing That's... that you don't have to feel sad that you're missing. That's true. Welcome to Jack of All Graves. <laughs> um, but instead, you're going where again? Uh, I'm going to the Isle of Wight. Okay. Yeah, I'm not even going to pretend I know geographically where that one is. Which is a island, as you'd imagine, just off the coast of, of, of Britain, between Britain and France. It's British. It's in mm. Britain. Um, but it's a little island all of its own and quite quite sedate and quite slow paced and lots of you know little beachy stuff to do uh so it's gonna be it's gonna be nice and i've got 11 days have you been there before i've never been there before and then none of us have so we're gonna do paddle boarding and we're gonna oh you know do some hikes and stuff like that it's gonna be good oh hikes the subject matter of our episode today yes thematic (laughs) uh synchronicity beautiful 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 yes just something to give you to think about as you go off on your journey. Mm. That sounds delightful. Sounds very nice. Yeah, but considering the subject matter later on, maybe, maybe it'll give me food for thought. It'll give me, it'll give me pause to be more careful than maybe I would have been anyway. We can hope. That is my ultimate goal mm. for the end of this episode: is for everyone to know a little bit more about how to be careful on a hike. Yeah, and just don't do the, what the people that we're going to speak to you about today do. Yes. Right. Exactly. Think of it as the Jack of all graves hiking country code. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um the so yesterday mm. I posted on Twitter on our Twitter. Twitter. Uh I retweeted something that Richard had tagged us in on Twitter. Um that was like the uh the weekly like a banner or whatever, the image for an episode of a true crime podcast that uh, apparently Jenny McCarthy is doing Mm. that was wildly inappropriate. So the person who had tweeted this cover was like, this is for an episode of a show about like the brutal killing of a child. And it's like a, like, you know, Jenny McCarthy standard boobs out Jenny McCarthy, Mm. like looking all wild and crazy. Her co-host, I guess, like, filleting a banana? Completely incongruous. Completely fucking, you know, with no relevance to anything at all. And I get the concern, right? And it's led me to... Because my question about this, just to, you know, contextualize this, was like, is this sort of the natural progression of where the, like, stay sexy and don't get murdered thing has come from? Mm. And true crime podcasts get, like, a lot of criticism for exactly that that it's kind of turned into this very um like tragedy porny yes kind of industry um that people get into and they tell these like very sordid tales of the worst moments of people's lives uh while they like have brunch and drink cocktails yeah. and things like that um so that led you to this it did and I, I read i read the thread on twitter right mm-hmm. you know You've seen Twitter, yeah. You know about Twitter, yeah. <laughs> I'm familiar, yeah, with what a you've all seen in Twitter. You've all seen looks like yeah. what I, I guess like you could think of it as a website, couldn't you? Twitter, where <laughs> it is a bit of a website you could or an think, application. You could think of it as a website, and from what I gather, what I gather is the thing with Twitter is you can kind of go on there and, and state your opinion on things, can't you? It appears that way. Yeah. Yes. There's lots of people. Seems to be one of the draws. And I've seen lots of people doing this on Twitter. There's There's got to be at mm. least 80 odd people on Twitter. 
<laughs> giving their opinions. And the right. thing is with Twitter, the thing about Twitter is that it's got a... It doesn't let you just write lots on there. You can only write a small bit at a time, can't you? Uh, <laughs> which, which, which means that you've got to really put a lot of thought into things before you write them. Which people, oh, yeah. which I, I think, think people, people do really, by and large, don't they? Yeah, they put a lot of effort. You into can't just thinking before yeah, they post things. You've got to really consider what you're going to write, and I think by and large people mm-hmm. do that. All of the eighty odd people on Twitter, they really think about what they're going to write before they do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and it led a thoughtful exercise in microblogging. It's really good. This website, Twitter, uh, and it got me thinking. Right, and if this is a bit introspective and a bit dull and a bit fucking meta, we're on the podcast talking about the podcast. I apologize. Corey does something <laughs> about time codes. I don't know. You can skip past it. Yes, you can look in the timestamp if you don't want to hear this self reflection. But we're a year in now, and mm-hmm. I oh, is that us? Right. Am I Jenny McCarthy? doing that? Am I Jenny McCarthy or am I the one second off the banana on the banner image? Which one am I? I, Honestly, that's definitely you. Let's be real. Yes. (laughs) But are we doing that? Let's state of the pod address a little bit. State of the pod. Are we doing that? I like that idea. And I, you know, I had kind of thought about this too. Again, reading that, you know, discussion underneath that tweet and that like the vast majority of things under there were like, basically true crime is a cancer and you know all of this is terrible and these people should be shot and mm. you know, yada yada like basically See, the people whole think and it we are through, not... don't they when they write the tweets yeah they on the really website, twitter yeah because of these really carefully thought out responses i had a moment of self-reflection uh but you know we're not a true crime podcast for one uh we do sometimes tell stories from true crime like the one that i opened this podcast with but you know that's not our bag in and of itself and i always like to think you know, and I hear it when I'm editing things back that whenever, like, you know, we make light of something, we try to make it clear that <laughs> we're not making light of victims mm. and things like that. Uh, and that mostly the whole point of this podcast is to reckon with how horrifying it is to be human. Yes. And that feels like a different thing it to does. me. It does. And I've said time and time again, I'm... I'm 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 here. Please don't take uh, this isn't meant in a, in any kind of selfish or onanistic way, but I'm here pretty much for my own reasons. I'm here I'm here to to, to kind right. of talk things through for my own benefit. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Right. Um not for rubbernecking at tragedy, not for, you yeah. know, gawping at fucking wet pavements. That's not what I'm here for at all. In fact, I think right. our boy fucking Ken the fuckhead just there is the only story mm-hmm. of death that I've actively taken any pleasure in. Yeah, pleasure in it. And if I knew where he, yeah, he was exactly. buried, I would I would pay for a ticket to come out there and do an episode from his gravesite. <laughs> and he actually has like a really nice grave too. It's Motherfucker. Very silly. Yeah, it's absurd, but whatever. He didn't get to see it, so fuck him. Mm. But yeah, I think, you know, there's, I like to think, and you know, there's always the question of am I just justifying my own morbid curiosity or things like that. But that's also why there are podcasts I don't enjoy listening to when it comes to true crime, uh, because you get that sense of, you know, rubbernecking at something terrible uh, for fun instead of... Is, is that a vibe you know, that a lot of true crime podcasts get then? Because I, I, I still don't listen to podcasts and I probably never will at this point. Yeah, you have no idea no, what podcasts are like. So this is... Yeah, there's definitely... Especially, you know, my favorite murder was kind of the the one that popped the true crime cherry. Like, last podcast on the left was doing a lot 
longer and a lot better than um, they were doing it. Mm. But as the sort of they became the template for what a true crime podcast was like two like boozy women talking about, you know, something that like terrible that had happened to someone. Um, and they they have received a lot of critique and in some ways changed their ways over the years, but not really. Okay. They're still kind of terrible. But like because of their like their motto is stay sexy and don't get murdered, which mm. people are like, isn't that kind of victim blamey? Mm. <laughs> like, you know, uh, and the way that these kinds of things tend to exploit these things just for like a, ooh, this is a fun thing to gawk at. And it could never happen to me. You know, and they've talked about their motivations for why they think that they're interested in true crime and, and how that works. But when you have a template, they were walking a line already, you know, of trying to figure out what's the balance between talking about true crime and exploiting terrible things. Yeah. And when other Podcasts came along capitalizing off the same thing. Many of them were not that careful mm. about it. Mm. So there's plenty of like legitimate, like just this is about getting drunk and talking about serial killers and stuff like that in very grotesque ways. You, you, you've come close, I think, to nailing it. It's, it's, it, mm. it takes, it takes exceptional skill and exceptional courage and exceptional subtlety to truly wield dangerous and sensitive topics in a way which isn't right. exploitative, right? Yeah, um, definitely. And when people do, when there are people who pull it off, it is inevitably followed. And there are, I have so many examples of this mm -hmm. in comedy. It is inevitably followed by people looking for that same kind of edge but yes. without the wit without the finesse without the subtlety and the skill right. to pull it off and that's when you end up with jenny mccarthy and her mate yes <laughs> on twitter.com <laughs> exactly yeah i think that's that's exactly it so you know i don't take the the perspective that true crime is necessarily a scourge there are definitely ones that i love listening to like last podcast on the left or like true crime campfire things like that that really the target mm. of any joke or any like lightheartedness of it is always the murderer you know is always the person who did it and just being like what a fucking asshole or bonehead or whatever yeah they are the joke is always on them you know and tries to take seriously the elements of it that are the worst things for you know victims of crimes and their families and such, you know, and there's definitely, I think people are well within their rights to think that shouldn't exist. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't think that I don't think in what we do that we are, we're exploiting things so much as, you know, this is Joag therapy. This is just talking us out darkness in Certainly. the world. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's a, I think it's a good thing to take the temperature of. And I feel like, you know, we try to be pretty aware yeah. of that. But that said, there's always going to be people who think any kind of talking about tragedy is, you know, is distasteful. Yeah, um, yeah. And they're within their rights to think that. I just don't agree. They are. And I, I, I also disagree. Um, <laughs> I got a question for you, right? Uh, is it, maybe mm. this is maybe this is a question for another episode. Sure. Is there is there any room in comedy for blacking up? What? I know, I know, I know. Think about it. 
Is there any room ever in comedy or satire for the act of putting on blackface? Well, my immediate response to that is obviously Tropic Thunder. Of course. (laughs) But when you've had Tropic Thunder happen, it's hard to imagine anyone being able to pull it off in a way that's better than that and uh, makes the critique as well as that does. It's like it's been done. Now, What do you, how are you going to make that? It, yeah. He did it already. And I, that's <laughs> that's exactly this. And that was exactly the example I had in mind. Yeah. Because <laughs> you've got Always Sunny as well who did it. And mm. it was always, always at the expense of the character doing it. Right. And always as a result of the stupid fucking shitty choices that they made. Right. You know? Yeah. I think that's always, like, I mean, it's so difficult because it is, like, it's threading that needle, mm. right? Like, this uh, this week on Dead and Lovely, they were talking about something and, like, you know, the the idea of villains being able to be more villainous and, like, have terrible ideas and stuff and not be human, yeah. right? And, and they were comparing it to, like, watching Monster Squad and that like that's still like a fun kids movie except there's so many homophobic slurs i remember yeah i remember seeing it quite recently yeah (laughs) which is like a huge right and so they were talking about kind of like okay if you if you update a movie or whatever you know not necessarily that but like can a villain in something like use slurs uh or like really be like homophobic or racist or misogynist and things like that because and it isn't a lot of times exactly exactly it isn't the writer you it's 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 yeah it's the villain it's not aspirational yes. they're not speaking yes. for you at the same time it's still such a fine line yeah. because a we have learned over the past decade or so of things to identify with the villain and to be able to find humanity in mm. them so there's that element of it and b if it's not handled well uh you just have slurs that hurt your audience Mm. in your your thing so like i think steve brought up like the boys is a really good example of of doing that right Uh that you know obviously you have um what's his face uh tony Starr's character homelander homelander right has absolutely abhorrent views Mm. uh and is a villain through and through and through and through and is offensive on every possible level. And yet, as an audience member, you don't feel like this show is targeting you when it beautifully when put. He does yeah, these beautifully things. put. Yeah. And that's a hard that's a hard thing to to walk. It's like I just, you know, I generally don't want to hear the N-word in anything because I feel targeted of by course. it. Uh so you know, if something can wield something like that in a delicate way, you're onto something. But most stuff can't. Yeah, which 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 is why I asked the question. I mean, that mm-hmm. it's 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 a perfect example of a topic or a, a, an area where just one fucking one or two pieces of art or pieces of comedy get it right. Exactly. Right. And then others rush in, going, "Hey, the fucking yeah, oh, I can do this too." And also, season. I'm making the exact same point. Yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah, you're yeah, not. Yeah. You're not. It's very easy for like a blackface joke that's supposed to be at the expense of that character to be read by the audience as, see, blackface is funny. Mm. Like, 
That's, I mean, it's just like how you see every now and again the, like, the Robert Downey Jr. thing comes up on Twitter or whatever yeah, from, sure. like, you know, Gen Zers who have never seen the movie, and they're uh-huh. like, what? Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. did blackface? Cancel Robert Downey Jr. You know, and you're like, wait, 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 wait. No, this is like the one Watch time, the contextually, yeah. that this makes sense. But that's not how most people do it, you know? So it's understandable to be like, yeah, fuck that guy for doing that, if you don't know that it's a great critique. Off topic or may- tangentially related, I've got a, a question about about the same subject. If I were to want to go uh, to a fancy dress party, fancy dress party, I know you love the term. I know, I do love that term. <laughs> if I wanted to go as uh, as a black character, Mr. T specifically, right? right? I would never sure. black up to play Mr. T, obviously. Right. But I've seen yeah. plenty of shops that sell Mr. T masks. Is that not the same Ooh, thing? Interesting. Yeah, that feels like the same thing to me. I don't think I've ever seen one before, but yeah, that does not feel different. It's literally the same thing. Me. It is literally the same yeah. thing. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I don't think that that would be a great idea. Okay. <laughs> I just feel like in general, if you have to like change something like to be another race and, and things like that, like, and you can't just, you know. Yep mostly be yourself in a costume maybe just don't do that i'm just i'm giving voice to to just half-formed thoughts but that is the same thing isn't it it's the same fucking act yeah that feels like exactly the same thing to me (laughs) Uh, but you know yeah i think it's an interesting thought interesting conversation just the idea of like can this stuff be done Mm. you can't say no absolutely not because sometimes someone comes out and they do it exactly right Mm. and they nail it you know, uh, but it's more likely that things, even if they're attempting to punch up, are going to end up punching down at their audience. Yes. And, you know, and, and this is always like when people complain about cancel culture and things like that, you know, like thing is like nobody's owed a platform. And if you fuck it up, if you do it wrong, like, sure, go ahead and make the step. Try it. Mm. But if the audience hates it. <laughs> And they don't ever want you to make a movie again yes. or whatever. That's fine. <laughs> you know, like, it's, shoot your shot, but... Quite. It, it, and if that's the story you want to tell, if that's the card you want to play, mm-hmm. you don't have to mm-hmm. necessarily get network funding and go through the the right. you know the process these days. You can yeah. self-film, self-write, and self-publish any right. old shite on YouTube if that's... No one is owed a Universal Pictures yeah. distribution deal, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so if you want to do something objectionable then you can do it you're well within your rights and freedom but you know Hmm. if people don't like it they also don't have to watch it (laughs) and they can talk about it loudly if they want to they have the freedom to do it just like you do just i will occasionally give voice to thoughts as they occur to me and i I enjoy that i can do that you're welcome to do that And if I don't like them, I'm welcome to. <laughs> exactly. I'm just kidding. No, your your thoughts are fine. I think valid questions. Good. Thank you. Um. Anyways, moving on from that little moment of reflection yeah. for us, a few few thoughts for people. Hey, uh, we had book club this past week, which unfortunately Mark was not able to make, but he did read the book. I did read the um, book. I did read the book, and I've got thoughts. Yes. Um. 
But we are 45 minutes in, so I'm not going to... Yeah, yeah, we, sh- we can't share them right now. <laughs> no. Maybe maybe at the beginning of next book club. Yes. Which is, that's to say that there will be another book club. If you go to jackofallgraves.com slash book club, you can find the details on that. We're reading A Head Full of Ghosts by Paul Tremblay, a book that Stephen King said scared even him. Now, uh, I wouldn't yes. get all that excited about that because Stephen King will famously say any shit for the cover of another He's... book. He's very, yeah, very um, giving when it comes there you to go. his things. Yes. But Stephen King's not the only one. There's okay. a lot of uh, high praise for this one. Um, people I know who have read it absolutely loved it. Fair enough. So it's What's it called again? got a very good rap. It's called A Head Full of Ghosts by, by Paul Tremblay. Okay. So that you can find on our website. Like I said, jackofallgraves.com slash book club. We haven't announced a date yet, but uh, keep your eye out for that. But just get the book and start reading it. If you... Um, Go onto that website. We have a deal with the Laydown Podcast and Gibson's Bookstore where if you order it from them and you uh, say that it's for book club, you will get 10% off the book. And that's our way of trying to get you not to give Bezos your bucks um, and or get it from the library. I found it at my library very easily in both audio and ebook form. And I'm How do you let Gibson's Books know too. that it's for the Joag Book Club? Do you write... They have a notes section cool. when you order your book. And so you just write in the notes, hey, this is for Joag Book Club. That is and they will cool apply that 10% discount for that you. We, that we can yeah. do that and that Gibson's Books are doing Right? It. That is really, really yeah, cool. It's I love neat. that. Yes. So support an indie bookstore, uh, get 10% off, don't send Bezos to space. It works out great mm. for all of us. Mm. And we will get together on Zoom and talk about this book sometime in September. We will also, on September 4th, uh, watch Blood Vessel together. Blood Nazis. The time has finally come. September the 4th. <laughs> yes. Uh, send the kids to the babysitters. Lock your fucking doors. Stock the fridge up with all manner of shit. Get naked. Pray to whatever Ooh. fucking dark gods you worship because the time is finally nigh. <laughs> We're watching fucking Blood Nazis on September the 4th. Uh, I think we prep to watch movies differently, you and I. <laughs> Not this one. Not this one. <laughs> yes, it'll be a grand old time. So make sure that you rent the movie, buy the movie, whatever you need to do to have Blood Vessel ready for you. I believe it's on Shutter here in the United States. And if you don't have Shutter and you've never had Shutter, just get the like free trial Yeah. and watch it and then cancel it. Um, and it'll be a good old time. If you keep, just get, just keep signing up with different email addresses. You never pay right. a penny for Shudder in your life. Ha 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 Yep, there you go. Uh, <laughs> although I recommend supporting Shudder because they put out wonderful films. Um, but uh, regardless, you can do that. So make sure that you have that ready for you. It's the same for with September carrier 4th. bags in the UK, right? You, you know, you got to pay like 10p for a carrier bag. Fuck that. Just go to the checkout. Say that you brought your own bag and just use one of their bags. There you go. <laughs> Damn the man. Fucking pay for carry bags. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, this is if you say you have one and then at the end of it, you're like, oh, I forgot. They'll just give you a bag. Yeah. So who pays for carrier bags? I mean, it's 10 cents, but, you know. <laughs> Corey, it adds if up, you mate. can't part with that 10 cents mark it adds up that's all i'm, I'm saying not, i'm not critiquing your budget <laughs> <laughs> uh and 
uh, just before we get going. I know since it's been a short amount of time since our last episode, I think pretty much the only thing I've watched movie-wise was when we watched Till Death the other day. Yes, we watched Till Death. Uh, finally, at long last, a film that dares answer the question, what if Megan Fox... <laughs> I've lost faith in that sentence. It's all right. It's I was like, where is this going? <laughs> Pete it out. Um, it's all right. Three stars, nothing special. Megan Fox, uh, through a series of hilarious misadventures, finds herself handcuffed <laughs> to the corpse of her husband. And then it goes home alone and some guys break in. Yes. Um, and it's it's perfectly adequate. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good enough time, you know. It doesn't doesn't do anything groundbreaking, but you get to see her is, kick some ass and yes, and get her ass kicked in of, return. Yes, get clep Yes, and get her ass kicked and be clever and you know it just it works. There's one thing it does excellently. Mm. Uh, it, the, I've I've always 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 enjoyed when a movie says the name of the movie. You know this, right? It's the best. <laughs> yes. Used to have a blog all about it. Used to write about movies where I see and they say. The name of the title. Right. Now, that love has since been superseded uh, by my <laughs> love of the moment in a movie. It doesn't have to be a horror film, but it generally does happen in horror films. Where, yeah, more than most. Where the writer has to reach to try and explain away mobile phones. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> God damn, there's no cell service here. Hey! <laughs> Well done. God damn, my battery yes. ran out. Whoa, there you go. Um, Till death does yes, it this twice. happens twice. <laughs> twice in this movie. God damn, I got no service. Do we have to? <laughs> Look at you coming out with all these American accents. So all of good. A it's so good. And it, it's always a variation of, of those two. Did you, did you bring a phone yes. charger? No, man. Oh, god damn. And then that's it. That's it. They've done it. <laughs> <laughs> your american accent is killing me right now and i love it so much because because this is a new one this is a different one than your usual one is that a new one i've not heard that one before um no i call that usually, one kyle usually you go brooklyn or that's kyle that sounds appropriate yeah yeah either it's albuterol or it's marge simpson me usually, so. hey you got any mobile service no man oh god damn <laughs> and that's the <laughs> And that's the last. What God damn. <laughs> oh, oh, crap. <laughs> Why is Kyle such a square? I, I don't know. He just is. Because, you know, he should have brought a charger. But because, of course, because, yeah, of course, there isn't a single yeah. fucking movie that a, a single bar of mobile phone service couldn't solve. Could just. Oh, right. fuck. I'll call the cops or my mother or my fucking. Or Ken fucking right, Macklemore. Um, yeah. <laughs> So of course writers have to write it away, and and they do so in yeah. such shameless, blatant ways. And it's my new favorite thing in a film. I would love to like. I would love for this to go unremarked upon in something, in some way that makes sense, right? Because mm. of course, if you're watching a movie, you are going to sit there and go, like, "Why doesn't someone call someone?" Yeah. Like, it would. I would love for a movie to be able to pull off not mentioning it not having to tell us this and i don't know how it would happen mm. but i would love to see a movie pull that off just at the end of it me going wait huh 
it didn't matter that there was no cell phones or there were phones or whatever. Like, but I just wish that things would pull it off better. Like, I think I mentioned this before. I can't remember if I did or not, but um, Lois Duncan, who wrote like a lot of uh, the sort of horror-y, thriller-y books that young girls read when I was a kid, including um, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Okay. Um, She went back a few years ago and either added phones or added reasons why there weren't phones <laughs> in all of her books because her books were written like the 70s through the 90s. Okay. And so, you know, since these are targeted at like tweens sure. and teens, they figured that they're going to read this and be like, why didn't anyone call somebody? So she went back and put in these books <laughs> something that would explain why they weren't able to call nice. someone Very nice. in there. I just feel like, I, I don't I, know, we can work with some sort of suspension of disbelief. I've seen one or two films that I'm certain were set in different time periods, were set in like the 70s, specifically so that the right. the screenwriter didn't have to put in a clumsy fucking Kyle line right. about there being yeah. no cell service. Uh, oh, fuck it, we'll <laughs> set it in the 40s just to yeah. get around it. And honestly, like when you do have something like uh, Till Death, like... Or um, when we watch Wrong Turn, mm. like most of us understand <laughs> that if you are in the forest or far away from things, there's probably not cell service. So yeah. you really don't have to comment on it. Like we get it. There's. Yes. <laughs> Look around you. We all know that there's no cell service here, but that it always insists upon itself is hilarious. Yeah, I love it. It's, it's my new favorite thing in films. Yeah, it's a good one. And now I notice it all the time because you point it out every time we're watching something. I certainly so. do. Now, whenever I see it in something, I'm like, oh, <laughs> there, Oop, there it is. There goes the cell phone. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they did this too. I mean, this goes back to the '90s, where it was like any time there was a slasher or something, yep. they had to address that the hitting the receiver. Hello, yeah, exactly. It's not a new issue; it's just a more pervasive one because now you have phones everywhere. Yeah, and like the second one in this movie was absurd. Like he's just like. Yeah, I left my phone in my car <laughs> on the charger. That is what he like, said. Like, when he went to go check on someone phone. he was no, worried man. about. I left it in a car. <laughs> it's on the, yeah, it's on the charger. And you're like, nobody, nobody <laughs> does that. Yeah, true. <laughs> like, true. Just automatically you pull that off there, especially if you are, again, going to, like, see someone you're worried about. Uh, sometimes I think that I'm quite close. You know, like in Videodrome where the guy's hand uh, like grows into his gun and he's got like a handgun. Oh, right, yeah. That's going to be yeah. me and my phone. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to totally. have like a hand screen. <laughs> Fuck up. Am I leaving it in the car on charge? Fuck off. If I... Yeah. I only, you know, it, it, I, w- it, it, I wouldn't mind if I physically couldn't put it down. I would sacrifice yeah. one of my hands if it could become a phone. <laughs> Although I will say my mother is famous for this, but she's nearly 70. So that's fine. My mom's phone is always everywhere and she never charges it. Mm. And now she has two. She got a new one because she was convinced that like there was something wrong with the old one. So she got a new phone and thought that that would fix things with her phone (laughs) problems. But instead, she just leaves two phones everywhere. That is classic (laughs) your mom. Just chucking phones at things, chucking phones at her problems. That's what she does. Yeah. I was somewhere and I was like trying to get a hold of her. I think it was when I was in Rhode Island mm. and like didn't hear from her for two days. And then she was like, oh, yeah, I left my phones in an Uber and the Uber was in New York, like was on Long Island. I was like, 
<laughs> Come on. How many things did you get in the car with? Like, it was your phone and your purse. <laughs> <sighs> so yeah, I guess some people do this. I'll buy it if the character is 70. Yes, and only if the character is 70. And only if the character is 70. Extremely scatterbrained like my mother. Yes. She probably would have done that when she was 22, realistically. <laughs> Are you interested in talking about hiking? Uh, well, I was. So you're, you're going hiking. You've been hiking when you were well, in Wales. Um, yes. Uh, I've been hiking. I've, I've, I seem to have married... A, a a lady who loves a fucking long old hike, right? <laughs> um, sure. And you know the 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 kind of the pleasure curve of a hike is always very similar for me. You set out and you're like, this is fucking rubbish. I hate this. Then you start to quite enjoy it, uh, and then you're totally into it. And then you come home when you're buzzing and you feel invigorated and you you know it feels fantastic. Sure. But the first the first third of every hike is is ah. Uh, fuck's sake are we hiking again because when you interesting yeah uh, there's no real reason to go out is there really uh i think you're a lot indoorsier than i am so Mm. i would disagree but (laughs) well what was was lockdown that bad no was it no i don't know do i miss it yes That is a that is a lie, sir. But no, I mean, you know, there's there's things that are really nice about getting out there. Like you said, the part that kicks in, mm. you know, the other two thirds of your your hike. I don't have the like I'm miserable. The only time I'm miserable if it's just like too hard or too long. Like when I did the Tongariro crossing in New Zealand, and the last third of that, the last like three hours of that hike, wow, were the most miserable three hours of my life. <laughs> Walking switchbacks downhill with no view for three hours um, was miserable. But in general, like I like being outside. I like looking at stuff, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I could appropriate the good bit that I spoke about from other sources indoors. I'm sure if I were to watch like a video of a hike, it would probably (laughs) feel the same. (laughs) But is that how you like choose your activities? Like I could, I'm going to, which activity would be about the same thing as doing this? I'm going to start doing it. Oh no. Oh, no. Well, regardless, we've both done a fair amount of hiking lately. And in fact, I recently was hiking and got myself all good and lost. Uh, but, however, I did have my phone with me and it wasn't in an area with no GPS or anything. So I just kind of, cool. you know, followed my way out of it. Yeah. But hiking can be like a very dangerous thing for a variety of reasons. It can. Uh which I think we're going to delve into. I'd imagine way more so in the States than here, which, I mean, my mm. my my reading for this week has properly opened my eyes that the UK is actually way more dangerous outdoors than you might think. It's very small, you know, comparatively. Mm-hmm. The, the weather sure. is generally a little bit more temperate and predictable than yeah. other parts of the world. A little milder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but shit, man, people still die in all sorts of ridiculous ways in the great outdoors in the uk yeah yeah absolutely it happens everywhere Mm. here in america like you said there's a lot of you know there's a lot of wilderness there's a lot of outdoors a lot of places to hike and things that can kill you on them Mm. uh one of the things that like i thought of first thing was other people okay when you're hiking 
there's plenty of other stuff we'll get into that can kill you just about being outdoors. But one of the things that always scares me is people mm. when you're hiking. And there have been multiple mass murderers who specialized in hikers. Oh, wow. Yeah. It makes example, so much sense. I'd never even considered that, but it makes so much sense. Right. I honestly, I thought about, you know, your uh, ammo of what you thought about as like how you would commit the perfect crime. Uh-huh. And the wilderness makes that a easier thing to get away with. Yeah. Than, you know, my unfairly maligned ammo. I'm going to just say that, right? Because I'm not over that. <sighs> well. I don't. I don't think it was unfairly maligned. I think I think it was pretty fair. <laughs> My fairly maligned. It was fairly fairly maligned. maligned. Yeah. <laughs> but for example, uh, Gary Hilton killed people who was hiking in national parks. So in October of 2007, he killed octogenarian hikers John and Irene oh, Bryant shitheads. in Pisgah National Forest in North Carolina. Uh, Their family reported them missing after they hadn't been heard from in two weeks, which was unusual for them despite hoofing it out off into the wilderness. It was later discovered that Irene had in fact attempted to call 911, but the phone signal had dropped. Her body was discovered on November 10th, covered with leaves after having been bludgeoned to death. And it wasn't until February of 2008 that a skull was discovered by a hunter and then a spine and pelvis uh, that turned out to be John. In December of 2007, a hunter named Ronnie Rents was hiking through the Apalachicola National Forest mm. when he came upon the decapitated body of Ew. a white woman. Yeah. The body was determined to belong to a 46-year-old Tallahassee woman named Cheryl Hodges who had gone missing 13 days prior. Someone had used her ATM card to withdraw $700 from her bank account, and people said they had seen a suspicious-looking homeless man driving around in a green Chevy Astro van with his dog. Mm. And on New Year's Day of 2008, 24-year-old Meredith Emerson was on a hike with her dog, Ella, up Blood Mountain in Vogel State Park in Georgia when she came upon him. And when Hilton picked her up, he had no idea what a giant fucking badass he was abducting. (laughs) Though ultimately she was killed, she went down swinging. When she came upon him on the trail, he'd been crouched in waiting with what was described as a military-style knife. Wow. She managed to immediately grab the blade and disarm him, as well as get a hold of a baton he was using to try to fend her off. This is a 24-year-old. Mm. She was fighting and yelling, trying to attract attention, and to silence her, he punched her in both eyes and the nose, breaking it and his hand in the process. But even still, he thought he'd worn her out, and she continued fighting. So he told her he just wanted to use her ATM card, and under that false pretense, he brought her down the mountain to his van. Mm. She bought herself three days by continuing to give him the wrong pin while swearing it was correct. And finally, he told her she was going home and tied her to a tree. Badass. He made himself coffee in his van, and then he returned. And she actually said to him, which is terrible, she said, I was afraid you weren't coming back, thinking that he was coming back to release her. Mm. Instead... He walked behind her and hit her several times with a carjack because he's a giant coward. Mm. Uh, And he'd gotten attached to her over the few days that she'd spent in this captivity. He described murdering her as hard and surreal and said that he felt too bad to kill her dog, who was later found wandering a Kroger parking lot and returned to her family. Fucking scumbag. Did you say that he'd killed uh, uh, 80-year-olds too? Yeah, two 80-year-olds. Yeah. So he made a deal not to get the death penalty for her murder if he told all the details, which is why we know so much about what it was like those days that he was with her. 
uh, and he received life with the possibility of parole after 30 years. However, he was not given that plea deal in the cases of the other ones and was sentenced to death for those. There was also David Carpenter, decades before Gary Hilton terrorized hikers in the American South. He killed people in my old stomping grounds of Marin County, California, uh, which so many things have happened in that area. It's ridiculous for a place full of, like, rich people. Sure. That, like, the Zodiac was yeah, there yeah, 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 and, yeah. like, the Polly Class murder, all of that stuff. And this guy was known as the Trailside Killer. So the Trailside Killer turned out to be a repeat sex offender named David Joseph Car- Carpenter, who was such a fucking shit stain. A psychiatrist said of him, quote, ever since the age of eight... Whenever he was under significant stress, he will commit a sex offense. The only way he can think straight is to rape the nearest female. Oh, well, was that somebody's medical opinion? Medical opinion of him. Yes. The first time he was, like, a- arrested for anything was when he was 12 for molesting his cousins. Whoa. So just terrible from, like, day one. Um But in late 1980, a team of psychologists had developed a profile of the killer for the police. They figured he'd be a handsome man, aged 28 to 35 years old, with a winning personality, Uh who didn't initially frighten his victims, and that he was acting more for the thrill of killing than sexual satisfaction. Which is wrong. Oh, they they nailed that, didn't they? Yeah. Wrong, wrong. Could not be more wrong. This guy was so obviously bad news, he'd actually been considered as a possible suspect for the Zodiac Killer. Like, someone who had just encountered him called the police and were like, this guy's probably the fucking Zodiac. Mm. Uh, And the only reason that he was ruled out for that was because he was in jail at the time for brutally attacking a woman with a claw hammer who had resisted his advances. He was so intense that the police officer who responded said that he didn't even stop attacking her when he saw him coming down the hill. He saw the cop and just kept going. After being released from jail nine years later, he went on a crime spree that included two more sexual attacks on women, kidnapping, robbery, and even a jailbreak. He served nine and a half years in total before before being released to a halfway house in the Tenderloin, which is the seedy part of San Francisco. Mm. Um, And three months later, the trailside killings began. During that time... But what, again? He so raped... he got out and started again? Yeah, he got out. In Three months later, mm. he raped, stalked, and murdered at least 10 hikers in national parks between Marin County and Santa Cruz, and at least two escaped. Interestingly, one of those was Lisa Rinna's mother. Um, and Lois Rinna is still alive now at 93 years old, Good. while David Carpenter who is 91 now, is the oldest prisoner on San Quentin's death row. Hmm. And there are more of these cases. Those are just the two that I picked out. In researching this, I even discovered there's a whole podcast called Park Predators (laughs) dedicated to this subject. (laughs) So, like, this is like a thing. Hiking, people who go after hikers (laughs) is genuinely like like that's a danger that and i cannot believe that it it has never occurred to me before how how fertile ground Mm -hmm. hiking and 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 remote outward locations would be for uh, a fruitful and long murder career yeah i mean you think about like like this occurred to me twice because in the past week i have i was listening to a horror book i was listening to our last book club book Uh and hiking by myself 
And it was like, once I get out to certain areas here, like, there's nobody around, you know? And occasionally I would come across, like, a man hiking with his dog or something like that mm. through these places. And I'm like, I'm totally unprotected here. <laughs> like, this is a very easy way to, to harm people if you so choose. Tell me, do you carry self-defense weapons with you? Do you carry self-defense items? No. No, I should, but I don't. No. <laughs> I, uh, I, yeah, I've thought about, you know, ordering mace or things like that, but uh, yeah, I've never, never actually done it. It's all just illegal in the UK, isn't it, to carry uh, any kind of pepper spray or any kind of... Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're very much allowed. To... I mean, you can carry guns around well, yeah, here, yeah, so yeah, clearly quite... you can carry some pepper spray. Mm. You can't even kill ants with borax there. We can kill <laughs> with whatever the hell exactly. we want here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What else is lethal in the But there's other, but... yeah. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you, what have you found in well, Britain that I mean, is... You might not think, I mean, when you when you think Britain... What are the kinds of things that come to mind? So I'm going to pop quiz. I'm just going to say word association. UK. What are some of the first things that come to mind? Fish and chips. <laughs> Fucking knew you'd I knew you'd say that. <laughs> I absolutely knew you'd say that. Um, it is... High tea. <laughs> High tea. Mm. Yes. <laughs> interesting. That's very interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, That's just where my brain went. <laughs> oddly, the Isle of Wight is known for its particularly nice high teas. Oh, that sounds delightful. What you, what you don't necessarily think of in the UK is it's mountainous land, right? It's mountain ranges. Yeah, I guess not. No, I've never really thought about it before, but I guess that proves exactly what you're saying. Mm. It's like never even occurred to me to think about it. But we have some gnarly fucking mountains. We have some uh, mountains over here that are responsible for, for several deaths per year. Our, our tallest mountain, Ben Nevis, about four and a half thousand feet. Uh, and something like 15,000 people climb it every year and there's at least a few deaths on Ooh. that mountain each year. Um, sure, of course. And in March 2019, in fact, uh, three died from an avalanche. Uh, um, oh. Literally a fucking a, a man-caused avalanche on Ben Nevis. You mean a Yeti? It could have been a, a Bigfoot caused British avalanche. Could have been a British Yeti. Hmm. No, but what happened? What actually happened? Well, simply so that an avalanche. And, what do they think? Uh... Well, off. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna fall down Ben Nevis, you're gonna fall about 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 a kilometer. You're gonna fall. You're gonna drop about a kilometer to your death. Um, and you know, this is by no means isolated. Avalanches happen quite often. But yeah, just very recently, mm. as as recently as last year, we had three died. Um, and even when you're not out on your own, right? Even when you're in a guided environment. Sure. Would you believe that on average in the UK, at least one child per year, one child a year dies on a school trip in the UK? Well, I feel like I'd buy it because I come from a big country and probably more die than that mm. school trips in a standard year. But at the same time, yikes. Well, according to the Royal Society's Pre Prevention of Accidents, we lose a kid, one kid every year on a school trip. Is there like a standard thing that usually occurs or are these all different kinds of incidents? I, well, huh. there isn't a kind of a through line as to what generally, you know, a, a kind of a commonality as to what generally is causing them. But we talked about one such death in our theme park episode a few weeks back. Mm. Uh, the girl who stood up to retrieve her bag 
uh, in Chessington, I believe it was, um, on the Rapids ride, jumped out of the... Sure, yep. Jumped out of the vehicle, got sucked under and killed. Um, child per year yeah. dies on a school trip. Mm. And we do, like, here... I, this is making me wonder about this, because we do outdoor ed. That's a pretty common thing. Here, do you do that? Ah. Like, so it's standard for like a like fifth, sixth grade somewhere in that vicinity for the whole yeah, it is, it is class to go on a camping trip or whatever. Pretty common practice. In fact, Peter is, is shortly to go on a residential trip uh, in in the next couple of months. You, you'll go on a, like a couple of nights, uh, you know, yeah. in a, in a outdoorsy kind of a woodsy exactly, yeah, and you'll exactly. have a hike and mm-hmm. cook things on a barbecue and fucking whatever. Yes, that is common. That's very common. Yeah, so I wonder how often those have, like, mm. terrible incidents happen on them, you know? I remember like, hating it. Really? Yes. I, I, I vividly remember being mid-hike, uh, and my pack was really heavy, and I was sweating. And I remember <laughs> fucking hating it. This is fucking rubbish. I was thinking to myself. Um, I think we went in like September or October when I went so mm. there, it wasn't sweaty and it was like real oh man had the time of my life I loved it but again I'm like I'm kind of an outdoorsy person so that might part of part of it too well I saw <laughs> animals and a fox stole my sandwich oh, and like cool. had like a grand old time yeah I think you know if outdoor education was more well supported here then maybe mm. I don't know. It would save lives. I mean, in uh, this year, in fact, on the 19th of July this year, um, the story ran through a lot of papers in the UK about a man's body had been found uh, in a on a lake in a country park in Wakefield. Uh, He'd gone missing. um, Despite no swimming notices all around the lake. But, you know, the guy what the guy had done that had caused him to get into trouble. I don't know what he do. Oh, dear. He was last seen on the lake riding an inflatable unicorn. Oh, no. Yeah. It's so joyful. Poor guy. Yes. Uh, Aww. He was last seen entering the water on his blow-up toy, on his blow-up unicorn, despite no swimming notices everywhere. Uh, and he vanished, vanished in the water to be found later on dead. That kind of stuff always, because, like, obviously no one saw it happen, and I'm always, like, curious as to how that occurs, mm. you know? Like, was he a bad swimmer or something like that? Like, that, you know, when Naya Rivera from Glee died, uh, and it's like, how do, how do you just kind of, like, fall off, like, a, a raft or boat or whatever and drown, mm. and her kid was still in the boat? And I think they kind of determined what probably happened was, like, maybe her kid fell in and she was trying to, you know, push him back in, or maybe she had swam out and the boat drifted and she didn't realize yep. something like that but like you're in a floaty unicorn or whatever yes. like what happens that next thing you know you've drowned yeah like maybe slipped through it or something like that he couldn't swim very well i don't know but yeah i have so many questions that's unfortunately how he's going to be remembered isn't it that's true. Well, at least by strangers. I'm sure his friends and family mm. think of well, him yeah, in yeah, ways yeah. besides the floaty unicorn. But that is certainly the legacy mm. that this poor guy has. Bleak. You, yes. <laughs> was it? You said that there earlier that there was like one thing that caused a lot of like 
there's like one thing that people okay. do commonly. That... Okay, okay, okay. I'm astounded at how often. So I, I, I we also camp a lot. My family, we, we mm-hmm. absolutely love getting the fuck out there, getting a tent up, not sleeping for two nights, getting grumpy and dirty, and coming home and regretting it. Right, yeah. that's a camping trip for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but camping. What if I were to say that in 2012, a six-year-old girl died, was found unresponsive by her parents, and was was dead, pronounced dead in hospital. In 2013, uh, a 14-year-old girl by the name of Hannah Thomas Jones was found dead in her tent. In 2011, a 35-year-old mother uh, was camping with her husband and two young children. They survived, but she died in the night. Uh, 2011, a guy by the name of Vincent Clare, a 50-year-old fella, found dead in his sleeping bag. And again in 2011, a woman was found dead in a campsite in Norfolk, a lady called Hazel, Hazel Woodham's 30 years old. All, okay. and, and, and this is just a, a cursory selection, right? This, okay. this happens all the time. Would you care to guess for me what all these people died of? My guess would be, is it like they like lit a fire or something in their tent or like in some way, Mm. like something that they had running in their tent that they shouldn't have? Um, Every single one of them, every single one of these cases died of carbon monoxide poisoning after putting a barbecue in their fucking tent, either to warm up. Oh my God. uh, You know, to, to, to you know ward off the chill as it were Mm -hmm. and left it in there fell asleep and simply didn't wake up (sighs) yeah that honestly that is one of those things that i think like you said that like if people knew more of maybe like yes more of this training was a part of growing up this wouldn't happen so much because it happens like I mean, it's the same thing. Like, obviously, people intentionally kill themselves this way, but, like, being in a running car in a house yeah. or, in, like, in your garage or things like that, that, like, people just don't know that this is a thing that happens. Mm. That stuff produces carbon monoxide that is going to kill you. They're just like, yeah, it's I'm gonna cold, so I'm going to bring this thing in. replace the you're breathing. Right, yeah, and just choke you out as you sleep mm. and... Yeah, I feel like that's like one of those things where like part of you is like, well, that's a really stupid thing to do. But the other part is like, yeah, so many people have no idea. I mean, I would not put any form of like heat source like that inside a tent. No, fuck no. A canvas and plastic structure. (laughs) Right. Hugely flammable, Mm. if nothing else. Right. (laughs) Like you don't want to have stuff like that in there. But But also that level of any thought more terrible any thought more bleak than than rolling over to to wake your your spouse your partner your kids and just finding they've died in the night next to you right and you'd probably i mean presumably you'd be pretty disoriented too from having inhaled carbon monoxide all night as well and that would just be yeah horrifying so if you're listening and that's a thing that you you know think you might do and look we're coming into autumn. no judgment here but don't do it yeah completely we're coming into the autumn months and all joking aside, right? And uh, most of what I say, I'm doing a bit, right? I fucking love the outdoors. It's amazing. Right. And the autumn yeah. <laughs> evenings with the beautiful quality that the sunlight takes on 
the colors of mm-hmm. the, the trees the foliage the beautiful crisp underfoot lovely there's no time better than autumn to go out and, and camp or hike or whatever yeah people die all the yeah. time all the time in so many ways but please 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 just just think it through and be a little bit more careful and listen even extremely experienced hikers find themselves mm. in situations that cause this kind of, of stuff you know it may not be something that's as rookie a move like that but there are other things that kill people who have been doing this forever there was a really strange case um that was like just just recently mm. um within like the past week um, wow. where a whole family and their dog were found dead in Mariposa County Shit. in Northern California and officials have no clue oh, wow. what happened. So the bodies of John Garish, his wife Ellen Chung and their one-year-old daughter Muji and their dog were found with no signs of trauma or obvious cause of death. No suicide note or anything else suspicious suspicious were found. They were just out on a hike in a place they hiked often and seemingly up and died near Devil's Gulch on the Hite Cove Trail. No, I feel this should have so, been maybe the opening of the show. You'd... <laughs> well, we don't, we don't know anything about it, though. This just happened. They're treating the area now as a hazmat area, wondering if there's maybe toxic algae or gas or something like that that might have it's killed them. like the fucking Earth Fart Village. Again, right, like Lake Neos, essentially. And this area, this is Northern California, so you probably don't know a whole heck of a lot about this, but we're talking gold rush country. Okay. So there are like mines, former mines there, where people would have mined for gold in the uh, late 1800s. Um, so maybe some sort of gas or something might have come from the mines that killed them. Huh. But they have no idea what happened to this. And that's scary as fuck, but it also comes at a seeming spate of hikers going missing or being found dead in Northern California. Like ultra runner Philip Krychik, who went out for a run he mapped out on his Strava app Mm. on July 10th of this year. Uh, For some reason, he didn't complete the loop as he mapped and ended up off the main trail and on a secluded and poorly marked game trail. His body was found there weeks later. Uh, and the police said it looked like he'd simply sat down under a tree and died. Uh, it was 106 degrees that day, so heat might have been the culprit for this. And maybe, you know, heat exhaustion, he got confused, wandered off the path instead of returning as he was supposed to. Mm. But this is, again, an ultra runner. This is a guy who he ran under six-minute miles, very used to this kind of stuff. Um On July 20th, a San Jose woman named Mitra Rasti, who had gone for a hike at the Point Reyes National Seashore, again in Marin County, was found dead at the bottom of a cliff on a beach near Olima, California. That same day, the body of Fred Zalokar, a 61-year-old endurance athlete from Nevada, was found on an off-trail route on Mount Clark in Yosemite, dead. So none of these people were hiking noobs, mm. but one way or another, the hike got the best of them. Mm. Now, Mark, I am an extremely prepared person. I don't know if you know this I about do, me. I do, I do know I am, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know, when I get a new car, it immediately is filled with a first aid kit and cleaning kit. Yep. Like, if I go to a restaurant, I've already Googled and know what I'm going to order before I get there. I love that. I like to be prepared, yeah. personally. And so the San Francisco Chronicle has some wisdom to impart that I would like to share with our listeners. Uh, 
because both I am a prepared person and I'm extremely stressed out about the people I love. So friends, I love you. Here are some things you can do to try to avoid dying on a hike. For one, study the trail beforehand. Just know where you're going. Look up pictures. Thankfully, now we have Google Maps, Google Earth, all that stuff. You can figure out what the place is going to look like. Figure it out. Maybe even bring an actual map, you know, but know what the terrain's going to be like, everything to expect when you go. Make sure you pack enough and pack correctly. So more water than you think you need. Bring layers. It says some places, you know, if you get stuck out somewhere and it gets cold at night, like you may be somewhere like a desert where it was 100 during the day, but now it's dropped hugely. Mm. Bring stuff to layer when you go Uh, and make sure you have stuff for emergencies like first aid kits and stuff like that. Real important one and one that I am guilty of not doing most of the time. Tell people where you are and when they should expect you back. So that if you don't appear at the time that you're supposed to be back, they are concerned instead of waiting two weeks and being like, why <laughs> Why didn't Mark call? That's weird. Didn't they used to be Mark? <laughs> right? You want them to notice immediately, yeah. not when you have been at the bottom of a canyon for a long time or anything like that. Um Hike with a buddy, like the uh, Friday the 13th fan film says, never hike alone. That's important. I do it again all the time. I'm guilty of this. But also, I'm not talking about going on, like, big hikes with this. I'm in my neighborhood, Mm -hmm. essentially. Mm -hmm. But avoid hiking by yourself, if possible. Avoid hiking off the trail. Many of these happened to people who were off the trail Mm. in some way you know like whether it was by accident or because they thought that that route would be faster and they were used to taking that route if you go off the trail even if you're like it's one that you've taken a million times and you know where you're going if you get injured nobody knows where the fuck you are Mm. so stay on the trail avoid hiking in heat who wants to be in the heat anyway don't hike in it because it's terrible and also because you can die of heat stroke especially if you don't have enough water uh, and uh, take your phone and familiarize yourself with the compass feature on it, because even if your GPS drops, the compass will still work and be able to tell you where you are. And if you do get lost, there's a very important acronym that you should remember. Go on. And that acronym is STOP. Okay, let me guess. The S. Oh, go ahead. Uh, scream. No. No? Okay. <laughs> Do you want to try the others? Uh, scream. Um, try to alert someone. No, it feels like the same thing as scream, but no. <laughs> scream, try to alert someone. <laughs> uh, oh, what uh, begins with O? Nothing begins with O. Um, open, open a pack your of mouth food. and yell. <laughs> open your rations. <laughs> and pray to Jesus. There you go. Stop. Nailed it. Four for four. <laughs> no notes. <laughs> Don't listen to him. What stop actually stands for is first, actually stop. Uh, as soon as you realize you might be lost, stop moving. Stay calm. Don't panic. Well, how are you gonna? Just how are you gonna get moving. to civilization if you stop moving? There's more steps. Remember, okay. there's four. Right. Oh, of course, stop. it's stop. <laughs> it's not just like just sit Don't down forget. and accept your death. Uh. <laughs> this is a process. 
The second, the T, is think. <laughs> think about how you got to where you are. What landmarks should you be able to mind. see? And don't move until you have a specific reason to take a step. <laughs> Mine stay was there better. And you go... <laughs> you think about your surroundings. Make sure you reorient yourself because you probably noticed shit while you were walking. Mm. So look for it. And don't start walking until you've figured that out. Oh, observe. Don't walk aimlessly. Get out your compass, figure out the directions based on where you are now, and if you're on a trail, stay on it. So again, this all comes down to don't start wandering yeah. because that's what people do when they get lost. They're like, oh, fuck, and they just start like, uh, maybe I'll go this way, uh, and they wander, and then they have no sense of where they came from. Uh, so all of this is to say, like, okay, stop, think, observe, figure out where you are, and plan. Based on your thinking and observations, come up with a plan and act on only one. If it's nightfall or you're injured, stay where you are. But just plan out what steps you're going to take and don't change your mind once you do it. Just follow. If you do need to change your mind because you realize you went the wrong way, start the stop process is over. This like a, is this a famous acronym by like the Hiking Association yes. or something? Or is it just... Yeah, it's like a... Yeah, it's one of those organizational... It doesn't sound particularly robust to me. I mean... <laughs> if you'd done P, you wouldn't be lost in the first place, would you? Well, the thing is, Stay this still. is how getting lost works. Like, when you've ever gotten lost somewhere, yeah. it's probably because the second you realized you didn't know where you were, you, like, spun around and then you tried to figure it out and you, like, you know, took some weird path, but you didn't have a thought process as to where do I go from here. You're just like, I'm going to try that one. That might get me out. And then you're like, I still don't know where I am. The stop process is just to get you to like sit and ground yourself without panicking okay. and go, okay, where did I come from? What do I remember about it? What steps can I take to get back to, to that? Fuck this situation. Yeah. Instead of just aimlessly yeah. running through being like, get me out of here, <laughs> which is what most people do when they get lost. Yeah. I think friends I hope that helps. Yes, yeah, stop would work for you. So if you are ever lost on a hike, just think what would Jack of all Graves do? What would Jack of all Graves what would Joe Egg do? advise me to do in this instance? Whose stop <laughs> acronym am I really going to put my faith in? Some stupid fucking, <laughs> you know, hiking boffin club or Marco mm. from some podcast. I know which I would believe. Stop means scream, talk to the next person you see and ask them for help. O is for open up your box of food that you've been saving. <laughs> and P, piss on yourself for warmth. Oh, wow, that's a drastic shift from the yeah. P before. I've come up with a better one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you heard it here first. Joag yeah. friends and... Uh, if you're on a hike this week, I hope that mm. you stay safe and uh, have have a blast and think about us. Listen, if wouldn't it be great if somebody maybe took this along with them, not knowing that it was an episode about hiking? And oh my god, I'm on a hike and I've listened to Joe Ag talking about people dying on hikes. Let us know if that has in fact that yeah. admittedly unlikely. Please do tell us if that occurs to you. Has happened, and which acronym you decide yeah. to follow. <laughs> And until next time, dear friends, stay spooky. Stay indoors.